has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Light it up. Welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, your source for a high-quality, informative, and entertaining look into the Star Wars galaxy. So strap yourself in, because here's where the fun begins. Well, you know, going back and forth throughout childhood and even uh, into adulthood, there's been times when I've kind of wavered on, like, oh, gosh, the, the First Order of the Empire, they've got, they've got the cooler uniforms, they've got the cooler ships, they're just mm. kind of bad mofos. And so, I, you know, I've often, <laughs> like, I've, I've often wondered, like, could I go First Order? Could I, could I be Imperial? It, it's certainly tempting. They obviously have some type of union and pension plan, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, and, and then, Jeremy, I don't know if you can relate with this or not, but so we got, we got, we got a dog, as, as some of you are well aware, and Phasma, who's actually in the studio right now, um, we've got a park nearby our house. And we live kind of on on the top part of the hill, and, and the park is down below. And so we, we walk down to the park, Phasma and I, and, and my daughter, <laughs> And uh, Phasma and I just kind of <laughs> sat under the, the shade of a tree and watched all the little minions run about. And uh, on the way mm-hmm. back, we, of course, uh, had to come back up the steps. Now, there, there's approximately, if I counted correctly, right around 67 steps. Wow. <laughs> I got to the, accurate. Yeah, I got to the top and was completely out of breath. Also sounds accurate. And I thought I could never be in the first order of the empire because they have to be conditioned and they have to be in shape. And so it it just, it really, it it eliminated any, I guess, possibility of me making a decision about that. Because at this point (laughs) in my life, I sure as hell, I'm not going to start working out just to fit into a stormtrooper outfit. So I'm all about the resistance people, snap Wexley, Porkins. (laughs) There you Yours go. For life, baby. Yours for yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, listen, my little Tauntauns, welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, this 157th episode. Joining me in the... I know, it's crazy, huh? <laughs> People still listen to us. <laughs> Joining me in the USW World Headquarters on this fine, fine California evening, the one and only fun, Auntie Bex. Hey, guys. Also in California, but in another part of Echo Base, <laughs> the original big deal, Mr. Jeremy Scott. Hello. <laughs> and as always, better than a Wookiee, but more sarcastic than L3, the one and only <laughs> Eve. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Man. Man, I'm on fire tonight. <laughs> sure are. Listen, we've got some fun stuff to talk about in the news. Of course, uh, insights into the New Republic following that little battle on Endor, Re- Return of the Jedi. So we're going to talk about what, what happened between end of Return of the Jedi and the beginnings of The Force Awakens and where Star Wars Resistance is kind of filling in some gaps in that era. We're also going to talk about Adam Driver had some comments with Vulture Magazine talking about Kylo Ren's endgame. What? We'll see where that takes us. And then, that's right, Disney confirms a Star Wars character is dead. More on that later. <laughs> I know, big sidebacks, big sidebacks. And then our closer look tonight, we are going to jump in. I think this is going to be a good little, uh, little debate, perhaps. We're going to jump in and ask the question, who's the greatest Star Wars character created in the Disney era so i oh gosh i honestly to me it's a no-brainer but i i will listen to all arguments i will listen to all arguments <laughs> oh my goodness with that let's jump into our top three news stories of the week number three all right it's not exactly uh breaking off the press right now but nonetheless it is official the boba fett movie is dead. DOA, not happening. (laughs) 
It's got as much life in it as a Sarlacc victim after a thousand and one years. Um, listen, we, we, this has been speculated from way long ago, back when mm-hmm. Disney first purchased Lucasfilm for a cool $4 billion, which, by the way, Disney's profitable now. They've made their four large back. So congratulations, shareholders. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to ask, Bex, let me begin with you. Boba Fett movie officially dead, at least for now. Is this good? Is that is that a relief that we don't have to have a Boba Fett movie coming out? I'm actually a little disappointed. Wow, say more. <laughs> I like Boba Fett. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I I don't know. I would have liked to have seen a movie about him. Wow. Okay. Well, and of course we're going to get The Mandalorian right. coming up on the streaming service. That's on the streaming service. Right. And what if I don't have the streaming service? Well, listen, then I we, don't get to watch the Mandalorian. We talked last week, and Barb the Canadian has no problem pirating things, apparently. <laughs> Canadian. Yes, exactly. And so I would say maybe just garner uh, a, a login code from her and you oh, punch it in. And it's, it's an older code, but it checks out. So really, that's all that, that matters. Um, all right. So you're, you're actually a little disappointed that Boba Fett movie is, is dead. Okay. I, I was kind of hoping, especially wow. after getting the solo movie and how well that right. did, like what a great job they did with that. Yeah. I was a little hopeful. Okay, interesting. We're going to circle back to that in a second. Eve, your thoughts on confirmation that Boba Fett is no more? Bex, I'm so sorry, but I'm so... Oh, bye, Feli- it, bye Boba. Bye, Felicia. I just do not care whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, I'm not, I'm not hiding right. it. It's all right. Nope. It doesn't hurt that much. Is it that you don't care or that you're relieved that there's not a Boba Fett movie? Yeah, that would be a conundrum if I don't care, but I'm relieved. I am mm. relieved. Mm. I just don't see it being necessary with The Mandalorian. Mm. Yeah, I think it's okay. kind of like double dipping in the exact same pool. And I don't know if it would work out well for either one. Okay, fair enough. Jeremy, your thoughts on this? Now that it's finally confirmed that yeah. all the speculation for the last four or five years we're not going to get a Boba Fett film. Is, it, is this a good thing? Are they making the right call on this? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I guess so. I, it's it it's so. <laughs> it, it, well, here's why. And and I think if it's just a, a there's so much you could do with a Boba Fett property. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Mandalorian is probably going to check some of those boxes, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at one point there was talk that it wasn't just Boba Fett. Right. That it was a whole crew of you know, bounty hunters, you know, competing for, you know, some sort of prize, you know, Which, some sort of not, not bounty. Not to cut you off, right? but I, I'm curious, though, if Dog the Bounty Hunter would have been part of that. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> he looks the part. Like, you know, he could fit. He's an alien. IG-88, right? um, boss, dog. <laughs> dog. And his wife. Yeah. No, I would, uh, oh, Wow. <laughs> Um, I'll just, take the pro no, droid. I'm just Thank saying. You. <laughs> but I, but in saying all that, like, yeah, I, I think there's so many more stories that are more interesting to me. Obviously, mm. if they made a Boba Fett film without an Obi-Wan film, I would have a little mini riot <laughs> in my brain, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it would yeah. be pretty. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, bye Boba, you know, <laughs> we'll see someone that looks like you in the Mandalorian, I guess, you know, it, it, what's interesting, I think the design for the Mandalorian was Boba Fett's design from the like scrapped video game, yeah. um, that yeah. they were playing in a while back. So, I mean, there's some design showing up. It's kind of interesting, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's fine. I'm, it, I wonder how the decision was made, you know, who made, well, we know who made it, but like the, the process of arriving at that point, mm. um, when, I wonder if it was a decision made a, a way back, mm. like, you know, when the Mandalorian was, was really getting traction. I wonder if that's when they pulled the plug. The only problem with that is there was talk with James Mangold directing. Right. And I am a huge fan of Logan. Mm. I'm a huge fan of 310 to Yuma. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Walk the Line. Yeah. If James Mangold made a Star Wars movie, I would have been on board just because of his talent. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's the one. I hope they find a place for Mangold because he's so gifted. But I, from what I understand, he has other projects and he's moved on. Yeah. So 
Um, it's, it's too bad because he's a talent. Jeremy, let me stick with you. On that note, you know, we, we've had speculation about various directors, various projects at various points in production, which could be anything from ideas being pitched to storyboards being created to scripts being written to casting to whatever. It, yeah. And maybe to Disney's everlasting shame, uh, a lot of that stuff has been, oh, actually, we're not going to do that. Do, do you think going forward, or, or maybe I should ask from from your perspective, do you have a personal preference when it comes to, I, I kind of like hearing rumors and murmurs about what could be, or do you think, you know what, it's better if they don't say anything unless it's confirmed? Ooh, <laughs> that's that's tough, right? I, I think... I think for many podcasts and outlets, like we, we feed on rumors, mm. right? And and I think one of the fun things, and it was a big big fight recently on on Twitter, <laughs> go figure, wow. right? Yeah. Um, you know, and it was it, you know it was arguments with like a conversation I think on Collider mm. about like Palpatine in Episode Nine mm. and. You know, people were getting mad at each other and fake news. But but I d- did think, like, Harloff over at Collider had a good point where he was like, you know, part of it is just having fun doing the what if, you know, right. the speculation. Sure. And I get, I think where the story came from was, was like a, a cesspool of, you know, the weirdness of YouTube. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, I, I do understand that sentiment of like, oh, it's great to like play the what if game. That that's always been fun. Mm. I think we've sadly taken that and we've ruined a fun thing. Like we can't even like, oh, what would it be like if you know this happened or that happened? Mm. So mm. there's a part of me that likes likes that. I, I do think though, in this day and age, it, it might be just best for fandom in general if we just get what's confirmed, you know, and just and then have fun, you know. Like right now, it's 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 a little fun to have these spec speculations and or speculative conversations about the Mandalorian and episode nine. Those are fun conversations about, you know, what's going to happen. And we know who's in those, you know, or especially episode nine, who's in those stories. Um, and so, yeah, I think it, it's safe right now just to go with what's yeah. confirmed. It's yeah. the best thing for mm-hmm. us. I'm curious what you guys think. Well, Eve, jump in on this because mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, you know, we're as a, as a team, mm-hmm. we're, we're somewhat divided as far as give me spoilers, give <laughs> me the latest news and rumors out there and, you know, sticking our, our head in the ground. Um, and so Eve, from your perspective, I, mm-hmm. I guess just to follow on Jeremy's line of thought, do you believe that it, it's ultimately, is Star Wars better served? Maybe that's the best way to put it. Is Star Wars better served by Lucasfilm only talking about what is green lighted? Green lit, whatever the proper vernacular <laughs> slash grammar is. Sorry, English t-shirts. I, I believe if you had asked me this question pre The Force Awakens, I would have said, yes, better suited. Mm. But post The Last Jedi, I think it's doing more harm than good, which, mm. which is weird for me to admit because when it comes to Star Wars, any kind of rumors, not spoilers, I can't stand spoilers, but... Any kind of rumors, I've always had fun diving into and kind of dissecting Mm. in my head what could be or what couldn't be. Mm. But when it comes to other properties, like DC, for example, whenever I see a Twitter moment about a DC project that may or may not happen, I can't, my eyes physically leave my body. They roll so hard because it's just crap. They, they almost Mm. never follow through with things. And I'm, Mm. I'm, I'm starting to fear that, that, that might happen with Star Wars in the future. Taking mm, wow. Boba Fett, for example. I mean, this that movie was all but confirmed and now it's dead. Mm. So I'm just a little afraid. I'm kind of like scooting onto the line of I don't necessarily know if I want to throw in with the rumor pool mm. outside of the need for podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> and so from that standpoint... <laughs> <laughs> Bex, let me go kind of with the the same theme of my question but let me change it a little bit do you do you see we're coming up on star wars celebration chicago in what six months or so and it's going to go by fairly quickly because we've got those little things called the holidays between now and then <laughs> then time seems to fly by it, do you think it would be from your perspective as a fan more engaging 
more exciting to go into celebration, not having a clue of any of these whispers, rumors, speculations, and then Auntie Katie getting on stage and going, and here's what's coming up next, mm. and just having your mind blown, or, oh, slow clap, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, but I already kind of knew that thanks to whatever site, podcast, YouTube, whatever. Mm. Oh, well, I... I like the rumor mill. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, going to celebration, having her confirm mm-hmm. parts of the rumor mill and yeah. then deny other is going to yeah. be very exciting. Yeah. To me, where mm. I'll be like, yes, we're doing this, or dang it, we're not doing mm. this. So that will be very fun yeah. for me. Whereas I think, I mean, my husband doesn't listen to the rumor mill at all. So it'll be interesting to see his reaction. Right, right. With, you know, the announcements of what's coming and absolutely confirmed. So yeah. I think. With us, you'll get both. Yeah. Well, that's good. What what a perfect (laughs) pair you are. You know, we try. Yeah. um, For me personally, I like the rumor mill, so it'll be more exciting for me to have her confirm and deny certain things. Yeah. I, and, gosh, this is tough. Because, Eve, I agree with what you said as far as like, well, it's nice to have something to talk about on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) But at the the same time, I, I can just... Those moments at celebration when all of a sudden the curtain is pulled back and here's what we're doing. And mm. I just, you know, you want to just like soil yourself right there because you're so excited. And, <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's Bex going? Yeah. Away. Um, I'm just taking a couple steps over. Um, now that totally lost my mind. <laughs> well, you know, you start focusing on. <laughs> Large puddles pulling underneath the team, then yeah. Um, listen, Don't you think yeah. that there will be things uh, revealed that have not made it to the rumor mill? So there will be those moments still. Yes. Of celebration. Yes, I, I think that overall Lucasfilm does a pretty good job of keeping most things pretty tightly held. Mm. Obviously, stuff does squeak out because some people have moles and whatnot, but um, <laughs> which is totally fine. So let me ask this then, Bex, and then we'll yeah. we'll go on to our, our next news story. From your perspective, what would be the one thing Kathleen Kennedy could confirm or deny at Celebration to cause you great, great enthusiasm? An Obi-Wan movie. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Jeremy, I'm guessing you're going to say the same thing. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Uh, yeah, Obi-Wan, man. I would be fanboying all over the place. <laughs> wow. I, I, I'm curious. I'm curious. Could could that be the thing that starts to bring fandom back together? I don't know. I don't know. And it's, maybe it's hard, yeah. man. It's hard to know. I, I, you know, I think I think some surprises would be great. I think if they announce a Benioff and Weiss doing some sort of Old Republic mm, kind of thing, yeah. um, that might be interesting. You know, and maybe give some like some concept art, or maybe even announcing cast or crew or you know i think those are you know marvel does stuff like that where they'll have an event and it'll be like and we have here's captain america and here's black panther right. and here like they did a d23 a few years back yeah. and it was just like Wah! i mean it was just all these amazing projects coming out and marvel just knocked it out of the park yeah. what's new yeah. right and i i wonder if Kennedy and company are really considering that as a mode to go with mm. um, when it comes to celebration in Chicago. Like, wait, let's make some announcements right. of this thing. Right. Um, I, that it makes some sense, but we'll see. I, I do hope that if Benioff and and Weiss are there, that as they take the stage, someone has rewritten. The, the lyrics to Benny and the Jets to <laughs> Benny Off and Weiss, and they come out to that. Because I, I think that little medley would just it – would, it, it would send shivers down my spine. It would be amazing. There you go. Yeah. I think you should work on that. Yeah. Benny. Benny Off and Weiss. Okay. Uh, Eve, <laughs> from your perspective, what, what, is the, what is the one thing Kathleen Kennedy could tell us at Celebration that would either confirm something or deny something that would absolutely make you lose your ever-loving East Coast mind. I'm not going to go against the group. Obi-Wan would definitely oh, make me okay. super, super happy. I think right. if I said anything else, it would just be like driving people nuts. No, I, whatever. I mean, it could be a, 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 the Sice Noodles trilogy. I don't care as long as it's something that you know she could confirm and that it would like send you higher. Darth Vader's <laughs> castle. 
something to do with that. Even if it was like a short, limited run TV series or something. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That would be. Well, we go, go back to what we talked about last week, right? <laughs> Flip this castle. I think yes, that there you HGTV go. get on board. <laughs> I think there's all kind of love it or list it. Um, <laughs> there's all kinds of opportunity there. Oh, my goodness. What's next? Number two. Well, listen, Adam Driver is on the interview circuit as of late, talking about a number of his projects. And in an interview with Vulture magazine, the question came up, what's interesting to you about playing Kylo Ren, asked the interviewer. And here is his response. That's hard to say because we're working towards something in particular with that character. I don't want to give anything away. Jeremy, what is going on here? What are they working towards? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's like it's so hard. Like you can speculate like crazy. Um, aren't well, one aren't all films working toward something in particular? <laughs> like I mean, like aren't you going? On some journey with the character you're working with. So I'm not, I'm having a hard time going, well, um. I will push back against that and say Attack of the Killer Tomatoes Part 2 <laughs> maybe didn't have that in mind. Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm but sorry. Continue, good I'm sir. sorry. <laughs> um, I will say this. I think, and I might be showing my hand for our closer look later, but, um,. He's by far the most interesting character. Mm. And so, um, like, I can't wait to see where they go with him. I think it's going to be it's going to be quite surprising. So, um, but if what's I think where the comment sort of piques my interest is one driver hardly says anything. And what <laughs> right. he does, it's not much. Right, right. But what that not much you can talk a lot about, you know, right. it's really fascinating. Um it's that he isn't commenting on seven or eight. Because mm. mm. the question is, what's interesting to you right. about playing Kylo Ren? Mm. Like um, his anger, his like you know, um, <laughs> his confusion, his the wrestling with his demons and lo- and like anger and love. I mean, there's there's a lot there that he could have commented mm-hmm. on, but the fact that he is in the midst of filming now, mm. so he's in it, and he's saying that's hard to say because we're working towards something in particular, right? Um, mm. I I wonder if what they're working on currently is is shocking or interesting or a very different way of going about things with with that character mm. of Kylo Ren mm. that it's actually hard for him to say because he's in the midst of <laughs> yeah. it. I I I don't know. I'm reaching maybe, but but that that's sort of what I took from that comment. Okay, I I'm I'm with that. That's a pretty good deconstruction of that. Mm-hmm. E, what are some of your thoughts on this? Does, does this give you any? particular hope about anything that may be coming in episode nine as in like rendemption or bendemption is that what it is Bendemption. Yeah. wow that's i hashtag uh, that um. <laughs> oh no 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 that wasn't me that's amy and friends um which i think is brilliant but i i'm kind of with jeremy it's like a non-answer answer or mm. like a captain obvious like you know with every movie especially a trilogy your character is on a journey and the audience is with you. Mm. So this, he really didn't say much, but I didn't actually look at it the way that you did, Jeremy, mm. insofar as the absence of an answer is kind of an answer in and of itself because he is in that mode of playing Kylo Ren right now. So he didn't yeah. think, oh, well, where was I in 2014 or, thir- you know, late 13 filming it or, you know, with eight, what kind of mind frame was the character? And he's just there 100% right now. So I think that lends to either some sort of epic demise or incredible victorious redemption. Mm. Anything else, it would be... I, I, what else could it be? I know. I know. He <laughs> could be, has to be wearing there. Lady Gaga's meat dress. We don't know. <laughs> could be. Probably not, <laughs> but could be. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be working towards something, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> something very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Eve, do you have a preference then? Ultimate demise or ultimate redemption? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't know. It, I don't know. I could fe- it be one and the same? Do they need to be mutually exclusive? I, I feel like 
I feel like I'm sorry, fandom who loves Kylo Ren. I love him too. I just don't know if I would be able to. All right, listen. Darth Vader had his redemption and then he died. So I feel like mm. if Kylo Ren gets his redemption and dies, it's just more of the same. Mm. But mm. if he just has a demise and he's evil, I feel like that might just be empty. Mm. So how would he have a redemption and still survive and maintain? Does he go to the resistance? Is there a resistance? I, I have no idea. I, I just don't know where I stand on this. <laughs> well, thankfully, we've got some time to kind of work that out. Um, yeah. Bex, your, <laughs> your thoughts on this, Bex? Is this, is this pushing you in any direction to hope that any speculation that you have, like, oh, I, this is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just along for the ride. Okay, well, that's a fair answer. I Listen, I, I think that whether we want it or not, whether we agree with it or not, I think that we're going to see Ben Solo redeemed. Mm. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that will include some ultimate demise. But despite all of that, I also have a hunch. And Jeremy, this kind of it was fleshed out with what you brought up. I, I wonder if there's something else that is going to happen that that is beyond either redemption, death, or the combination of the two. I, I'd, I'd be curious to see oh, if there's yeah. something that the character gives us that mm. we're not expecting. Because I think we're all expecting either death or redemption or <laughs> or, or those two together. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping there's something else that goes, oh, didn't see that coming. Wow, <laughs> that was kind of like a, a Minoc knocking on the glass. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll wait and see. Hopefully, yeah, we get some more insight as time rolls on. What's up next? Number one. All right, so as you know, oh, faithful listeners of USW, as you know, there is a big block of time following Return of the Jedi and before Force Awakens. It is largely uncharted with the new Disney canon. Now, bits of pieces have been filled in here and there with some books along the way. We're getting a, a little bit more insight with the Resistance animated series that just launched uh, last month. And so we get a, a little bit more to filling in the blanks. And I'm going to paint with very, very broad strokes here. This, I don't believe, is anything too spoilery. So... Hang with me, baby. Hang with me. Um, I don't know why I went Austin Powers there for a second, but anyway. Wow. Yeah, it's the NyQuil talking. Um, Basically, here's what we've got. We've got the Battle of Endor coming to its conclusion. We have remnants of the Empire still battling it out, refusing to accept defeat. We have a alliance that is shifting from an alliance to a new republic. And in doing that, there's all kinds of politics. There's all kinds of movement going on. And there's even some changing of the guard as far as the leaders and the leaders' actual parameters and authority and all that stuff. First off, Jeremy, remind you of any actual real-world events when wars come to an end <laughs> and things continue to be, have pockets of uh, resistance and new governments trying to take place, being shaped, and it being um, a lot more complicated than sometimes it's given credit for. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there you can point to, goodness, 20... You know, instances just right away of of the complexities mm. at the end of wars, yeah, right? Yeah. And and um, that's actually an interesting, some interesting ground to cover. You know, just like was there some imperial remnants? Because there, I think if I remember the aftermath series, if if they and I don't think this is huge spoilery kind of stuff, but like they would be considered if they they didn't sign sort of the peace agreement they would be considered war criminals mm. and hunted. Right. And I think when we left Aftermath, I think uh, I know at one point the team was kind of doing that, but I think they were going to continue doing that work. I could be wrong. Mm. So, you know, that's a really interesting, you know, aspect. But there is some very, very interesting ground to cover. Mm. And mm. it really makes me wonder what the Mandalorian is going to do. Mm. Because that that's where that, that character, that series is going to find itself. It's sort of 
you know, in that time frame of the remnants, um, kind of battling it out, surrendering, you know, going, falling into piracy, who knows? Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, you have so many historical, like references to mine Mm -hmm. in that storytelling. And I'm, I'm super curious, not only that, but like, you know, books in the future and, and maybe even comics, like where they'll go with all that. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that as a historian, really fascinates me about what could come out of this time period now that we're actually starting to wade out a little bit deeper in the waters. And and look, I've, I fully confess that I haven't read all of the Aftermath series. And I, I guess when I say wading out deeper into the waters, it has more to do with what we're going to see on a screen, whether it's a big screen or a small screen. But yeah. but seeing how much of this is going to take place. And, and Jeremy, for me personally, you hit the nail right on the head is there are so many compelling stories that have come out of the aftermath of of war in the real world and that goes from everything yeah. from this particular article that we're looking at which is on gizmodo.com and we'll put that in our show notes that's everything from what we would see following the american revolution and how the articles of confederation oops that didn't work so well let's come up with something new <laughs> and yeah, yeah. at the same time you know look at the the incredible example that Lincoln gives following the Civil War were not making war criminals out of people, but actually helping those that battled against the Union actually rebuild, which was is still so mind-blowingly profound. Mm. And so nice. I, I'm a huge, huge proponent of us really getting into the nitty-gritty of this part of, of the timeline for Star Wars. Eve, for you, when, mm-hmm. when you look at what is predominantly a blank slate for us, mm-hmm. especially in terms of what we've seen visually in film, TV, which would include the animated series. What are some things that now that you have context for it, that you would really hope to see play out during this time period? Now, so I feel like this is when I think about post return of the Jedi, I see, I've never read the aftermath series. I've never read anything, you know, it, that is now, um, good Lord. I can't remember the term, (laughs) uh, EU. (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I, I've not, I've not read any of it. I'm just kind of catching up now with the current books because there's just so many out there. Mm. And this time period for me personally, whenever I think about it, I just pick up legitimately right at the end of the movie. And, what would happen to them characters, where did they go, and so on and so forth. I don't necessarily know. This is a real big question mark for me. I don't know mm. what I would want to see. I feel like I'm, mm. I have a very terrible answer, but I just don't know. I think when people talk about it, like especially this article, I can't tell you how many names I didn't even recognize. Mm. And I was like, what kind of Star Wars fan am I? I like, I need to just... <laughs> take that you know somebody take my card because it just i felt terrible so you know my what i know really of the new republic is 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 what the you know star killer base did to it in the Mm. force awakens and and honestly that's fine for me Mm. yeah and and i i think you know you're a fan regard no matter how much or how little you read. And I think that, you know, so don't, don't worry about that. I, I think one of the things I think many of us would agree, the listeners, us on the show is that there is this corner that they're not really exploring mm-hmm. in the books yeah. and yeah. it all has to be, it all do- it deals with Luke Skywalker yeah. and um, the force specifically. Um, we haven't had as much mysticism as I think many of us fans would mm-hmm. like. And I know that's like whining and complaining, you know, but, you know, it's one of the selling points for me is the fantasy element, the the magic, the, the force. Mm-hmm. And um, what's going on with that? You know, where's Ezra? Mm-hmm. Like where, like what's happening? You know, and, and uh, there's, there's force users out there. There's, there's people out there that wield it. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of people in fandom that are really hoping that we get something connected to that in the future and hopefully the near Mm. future. And so, you know, when it comes to those 30 years, I think that's the one area. Yeah. We got our politics. We have, you know, bloodline, we have, you know, the aftermath series, which is, is fine. Um, but we, we, something that's sorely been lacking has been, uh, the force, which is 
kind of a driving force of the story. Mm-hmm. Well, I think just to kind of springboard from that is it will be interesting. Although I, <laughs> I think Star Wars fans, regardless of the side of the fence you come down on in, in regards to your reception of The Last Jedi, I, I think we we have overall um, become a very cynical lot um, <laughs> for, for at varying degrees. But it will be interesting if indeed we do get some things filled in that would... And some people are going to scream retcon, but but if it would help us to better understand slash digest where we see Luke in the sequel trilogy, mm. um, and, and whether that is through more books or comics or hopefully visual media, I, I think that that would be fantastic. Bex, when it comes to this area, following your beloved Ewoks on Endor, <laughs> I know. Um, what do you hope to get out of, out of this time period? Is there something specific that you really think would benefit the greater Star Wars story by them having a compelling adventure journey exploration of? Well, I mean, I'd like to know what Wicket went on and did with his life. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, that I, I heard he opened up a dress shop. But. <laughs> but No, as I was listening to you guys talk, I was thinking it'd be really neat to do an episodic um, like they did with the Clone Wars, where we got mm. a deeper insight into who Anakin was yeah. and how he really turned and became yeah. Darth Vader and yeah. all of the things that went into it. It would be really interesting if we had something like that with the setup of the New Republic yeah. and where Luke went and you know the birth and raising of Ben mm. and how you know everything happened with him. So I would love to have something like that. I'm curious. Let me just go around the horn with this. When it comes to this chunk of time if you had to pick do you want to see how other characters we don't yet really know connect to the greater star wars character or do you want more info insight about the characters we already know bex i want both (laughs) great well if i make that one of the options you can have that (laughs) well dang i can only choose you can only choose my rules I know. Um, then I'd say I want characters we don't really know. Okay, good. Eve, how about you? <laughs> Surprising no one. Characters we do know. <laughs> um, actually, just, just Luke and Vader's fine. Just, yeah. just give me more Luke and Vader. It's all good. good. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, how about you? If you, if you had to, if you had to pick, oh. I mean, would you want to have further exploration of? characters we already know or do you want to go deeper and see how other characters we don't yet know actually connect to the greater story it's actually this is a really hard question (laughs) um i would i think i would have to say new characters Mm. um and but i grudgingly say that Mm -hmm. i think if Someone would say, "Well, what about Obi Wan?" I would say, oh, "Yeah, yeah, Obi Wan." <laughs> like, like, forget that. Like, screw those new characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but I, I think new characters. Maybe give me a line here and there about what's happening mm. to the people that are more established. But, but yeah, new characters. I, I really believe there is magic in getting to know new characters, and I think that the yeah. solo film was a great example of this. And getting to know new characters who have brushes with characters we're familiar with whether it's Mm -hmm. the quote-unquote cameo or whether it's just kind of this random line of dialogue that's thrown in there that um, you would have to kind of be aware of what they were talking about who they were talking about to make the connection i i think that there's something super magical and super beautiful and makes the overall story really flourish and it does something that that Star Wars probably needs a little bit. It, it expands the size of the galaxy a little bit, mm. and, and I think that that can only be a good thing for us as we as we go forward. I I tell you, just kind of to answer this my, myself, I I do hope that we get some deep dives. Jeremy, I'm, I'm with you as far as bring back some of the mysticism, bring back some of the force, the things that I think at least personally drew me into star Wars to begin with. And let's not get to where we're at already in episode eight, where we're deconstructing the force. And I know the star Wars rebels did that, that too, with the Bindu and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I'm okay with having a greater understanding of the force, but I enjoy the mystery part of it too. 
I, re- I really do. I think that's yeah. an important part. Yeah. Well, listen, Tauntaun, stick around. We're going to be right back with our Closer Look topic. And as promised at the top of the show, we're going to talk about who is the greatest Star Wars character created in the Disney area. We'll be right back. I'm going in closer to one of the big ones. Closer. Come closer, I have good news. A certain point of view. Same thing I always do, talk my way out of it. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. I never ask that question until after I've done it. You're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Well, speaking of our own points of view, talk about a subjective conversation this evening. <laughs> talk about it. Who's the greatest Star Wars character of the Disney era? Listen, it's amazing that Michael Jordan has been retired from basketball for I don't even know how many years, and he's still part of the debate, right? Is he the greatest of all time? Is LeBron James the greatest of all time? We can look at pretty much anything, whether it's sports, whether it's music. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? It's tough enough for most Star Wars fans to even agree, like, what the top Star Wars film itself is, let alone <laughs> the character, except for Jeremy, which obviously he knows what that is. Uh, but but with that in mind, before we, I, you unveil your actual pick for who you believe the best Star Wars character under the Disney umbrella is, I, I want to first kind of just whet the appetite of our listeners and and talk very high altitude macro point of view just about what is that you look for in a character and I guess what makes a character great in your own mind Jeremy let me begin with you oh man I think there's one part that you need to hmm there's a few ways you can go there's one where there's ways that you relate to the person uh, it might be a, a struggle the character has, and you're like, I've had a similar struggle. Like, you find that connective point. Um, also, what can make a character compelling, uh, for me at least, is um, if they have a lot of conflict that I, whether it's through performance, writing, both, that I can not only understand the conflict, but I find it um, engaging. Mm. I really enjoy enjoy that. I also think, and this is superficial, I think the look and design of a character mm. can draw you in as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a compelling look, a compelling style. I mean, we're visual people, mm. and 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 we love how things look, and how and that can definitely scare you. Mm. Fi- you find something attractive, you can um, find something mysterious, mm. um, and so the look combined with like the character traits, I think. For me, that's the initial things, and then I think as you as you grow to to know the character, you actually there might be things you admire about them or, or not admire. Mm. Um, and, and so, uh, but that starting point is like a lot of it has to do with conflict and and maybe conflict that we can relate mm. to in some mm. way. Good call, mm. Eve. How about you? What are some of the things that you look for as you begin to find yourself identifying with specific characters? I th- I think Jeremy kind of hit it right on the head from from the get-go with relatability i think Mm. when when i look at any of my favorite characters across the board in in any movie or tv show i'm always drawn to them people that Mm. have that that conflict or that trauma in their lives but they still Mm. have the strength and the heart to keep going Mm. and on top of all of that is their loyalty and Mm. And this kind of quiet steadfastness because Mm. I don't always feel that way in my own life. So I seek, like I intentionally seek that out in the things that I love the most when it comes to, you know, um, consuming entertainment and and content. Mm. And and definitely mystery. I think I don't want to have everything laid out for me on a plate about the person you know, that they're kind of pushing in my direction, be it the main character or a supporting character or whomever. I, I want to kind of have them questions about, you know, who they are, where their backstory is, but not their motivations. Not all the time. I like that. I think the only thing that you would probably add to that is last name Skywalker. Bex. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Bex, for you, what are some of the things that really draw you into a character? Um, any sort of a character that can... Uh, cause me to rea- uh, cause me to react emotionally, mm. whether it is like you know excitement or joy or 
um, complete and utter loathing of mm. the character. Yeah. 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 Those are great characters yeah. to me because they they cause a reaction mm. within me. Yeah. And I mean, there are characters out there that are just kind of milk toast, or they come on screen and you're like, me. Yeah. You're not <laughs> right. really anything. Like right. you're kind of just filler. Right. Um. So I would not call those great characters. But I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, characters that cause any sort of a reaction and for me personally it's any sort of like visceral reaction mm. like the bigger mm. the reaction they can get out of me yeah the better jar jar binks is not my favorite character but i think he's a great character because i have a very visceral reaction to him. <laughs> <laughs> so check and check <laughs> well I, I think you've all brought up absolute things that i would agree with i think the only thing that i would add to that and i, I don't know if it's really adding to you is just maybe refining or or better defining one of the things for me. And it's not just relatability, but it's believability. Do mm, I, do yeah. I believe that person who's playing that role, whether it's a voice actor or an actual human actor or a CGI in mm. the case of like Snoke, are they believable? Mm. And I, I think that if their circumstances are relatable and they play that character to a level of believability that I personally find, um, an affinity for, then I like I'm in. And <laughs> for, yeah. the, for those of that have been part of, of uh, our listening audience for any length of time, <laughs> you know, my uh, pushing all the <laughs> chips on the table for, for the character of captain phasma, um, <laughs> name the damn dog phasma. Um, and, and so for me, I, I really want to believe the person who is behind the mask, the voice, mm-hmm. the whatever, um, well, let me ask this then. If you were to pick Bex, let me stick with you. If you were to pick a couple of characters under the Disney umbrella that have really kind of pushed those buttons for you, that have given you that strong, emotional, visceral reaction for you, give, give me just a sample. You don't have to necessarily name them in order or anything, but just kind of give me some that have really kind of stuck with you. Gosh, why do you have to come to me first? Um, let's see. One of my favorites. Not necessarily the favorite. You're right, right. But is um, K2SO. Ah. I think he's a fantastic character yeah. that they created. Yeah. And brought to life. And yeah, he's probably, he's high up on my list. Yeah. I think that's a good call. I think a lot of people would resonate and agree with that. Mm-hmm. Eve, Eve, for you, who are some of the, the characters that under this Disney canon have really gone like, oh, I, I actually like <laughs> and resonate with that character. That's not a Skywalker. <laughs> or, or, or maybe is. Or maybe is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, not, not my favorite character, but I, L3. Mm. She, that was, anytime she was present on screen, it was just, my attention was solely focused on her. And same thing with Last Shot when she was mm. in that book. It, she, her, it, I just, I adore that character. And that mm. she's immortal now in the Falcon is... I think one of the best things to come out of Disney, to be honest. I, I think that that is a a sweet. I, I don't consider that retconning. I consider that just like really good story writing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, from your perspective, who are some of the characters in addition to your your um, Kylo Ren that you you touched on before <laughs> that have also yeah, kind of pushed yeah. certain buttons for you? Uh, Jenner, mm-hmm. so easily. Yeah. Um, uh, she's. Uh, just her story, who she is. Um, I found it. I found Felicity Jones's performance intriguing. Um, I know there were some critics that didn't. I did. Um, and so she she really stands out to me. And the like the fingerprints of her actions mm-hmm. in the Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all over mm-hmm. the place. I mean, she had a, a, a really big impact. So. Um, with what Disney is currently doing, uh, she's she's one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say um, probably Kanan mm-hmm. um, that Disney's done since the acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, if we want to consider animation, sure. um, Kanan definitely and Ezra, uh, those two um, as well. So I, I think um, those are some characters that are really jump jump out to me. Um, as we think about this. And Jeremy, just to clarify for our listeners, would you feel the same about Jen Erso if it wasn't played by Felicity Jones? 
Devin, <laughs> my wife better not be listening to this. I just, I just checking. I just checking. I just turned around and looked behind me, and I have a big <laughs> painting of uh, Jenner. So it's like the Rogue One. She's prominently oh. featured on my oh, wall. Okay. Um, it helps. <laughs> well there you have that listeners oh my god yeah listen all of you made great picks i think i would definitely agree with all that you've picked i i think hera would definitely be on my list i think that's a a super strong character i i think also you know looking at some of the ones that were i don't want to say underdeveloped but certainly underused to this point in time and I, I would love to see more of Dryden Voss. I'd love to see more of Infus Nest. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see uh, really a lot of that solo ensemble in, in different settings and, and situations. I also think using uh, what we know from the book Catalyst and then playing into Rogue One, I thought Director Krennic was just incredibly delightful evil son of a bitch. <laughs> yes. um, I, I just think that um, the way that he comes across both in novel form and in visual cinema form is just absolutely stunning. And it just one of my, one of my favorites. Well, with, with that in mind, let, let's go ahead and pull back the curtain here and let's talk about who your number one favorite, most compelling non Skywalker. No, I'm going to put that asterisk in there. <laughs> Star Wars character is from the Disney canon. And Eve, I'm going to begin with uh-huh. you on this. Who Who is it? Okay, I've been thinking about this all day. And I, I have to go with Rey. Mm. I have to. I, I, look, I honestly, because normally I focus in so hard with the, the sequel trilogy. And then, you know, Solo and Rogue One just kind mm-hmm. of fall to the wayside. But I was like, I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to really put mm. everyone under the microscope. <laughs> Ooh, and it, yeah. and it real it's Ray because of all mm. of the quality as I listed in the first question mm. and so much more. There's just something about her that we do not know yet that draws me in. Mm. And it, like no other character we have seen yeah. or met yet in in Disney era. Okay. All right. I'll I will buy that. <laughs> Bex who is your top Star Wars character under Disney canon? I I don't have a top. I have one from... Maybe you didn't read the show notes ahead of time, Bex. So let me, <laughs> no, let me, let me clarify the closer look topic able, tonight. I was able to narrow it down to <laughs> one from the dark side and one oh from... Oh my, what are you just changing God, the rules? I am. Well, all right, all right. Give well. me your one dark side, one light side. Crying out loud. For me... Finn is one of okay. the top characters okay. to me. I love watching his story arc. I love watching his character arc. Okay. And I love watching him become who he's supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I really love director Krennic. Yeah. I just, yeah. Give it up for the director. He's so evil, <laughs> but he has this sly, charismatic way yeah. about oh, him. Oh, he's a serpent. Like, he's a total serpent. I really want to be your friend. Yeah. And I can't turn my back because <laughs> you'll stab me in it. Yes. I know. <laughs> so. Yes. I couldn't make up my okay. mind between the two. All right. Th- those are both really good picks, though. Those are good picks. Well, thank you. Yeah. I oh, you're so. welcome. I know. You'll see better tonight, I'm sure. <laughs> I will. <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> Jeremy, spotlights on you. Other than Felicity, I mean, Jen Urso. Um, <laughs> who's at the top of your list? She's as close to the top as you can get, but the top is is Kylo Ren. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Solo. Yeah. Um, I think. Adam Driver has given the best Star Wars performance in his two films mm. of any actor in Star Wars. Wow. Uh, I think the character is compelling. I think whenever he is on screen, he, I mean, you can use the adage, steals the show. But, like, he draws, it just seems like all attention is drawn to mm. him. And um, I think with with the character, especially with The Last Jedi did, is you just don't know what to expect. Mm. Yeah. You don't know where he's going to go. You don't know what he's going to do because of the conflict that is so present. And I think episode nine really hinges on what he does Mm. in terms of it's going to be successful or Mm. not. I I think Mm. so much is is up to to that character and what happens. And 
Um, so yeah, I think he, you can put him alongside any character and, uh, he's as interesting and there's a menace to him, but there's also a brokenness mm. to him that I find fascinating. And I think Disney's done a phenomenal job with their characters. Mm. And I mean, the, the small supporting characters all the way up to leads in, in these, in these films, I think they're all wonderful. Uh, there's no, I don't really hate mm. anyone. Um, you know, there's no characters that I just can't stand. There's some that I'm like, eh, you know, I can, I can live without them, but like, there's no one that I, I just despise. Mm. And, and that's, that's good storytelling. I mean, they're telling good stories with these, with these characters and, uh, yeah, it's Kylo for me. Uh, that's, that's, that's who I think is the best one. I think you can stand him up against any and the other trilogies. I, I think that that's a, certainly a strong pick and I would agree with you as far as, being a menace and being conflicted inside. What what would you say though, Jeremy, to those that are just like, oh, it's just emo boy and depressed Darth and um, goth dude? Uh, what, what when when he's <laughs> criticized like that? What yeah. what is what is a family friendly retort that you could share with us tonight? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I I think he's totally open for criticism. Yeah. I think those criticisms are very weak and mm-hmm. limited. Uh, you know, like you're you're just throwing out terms just to sound I don't know interesting or cool. I maybe not. I like I'm I'm totally open to saying no. He's not he's not that compelling. Here's why mm. he doesn't come across that strong. Here's why. And and I actually you know I would say it, I think his weakness is what's compelling. Like where he isn't mm. like where he's sort of battling with. A, a young man who once wanted good things mm. or wanted to be good or noble or whatever you want to call it. And, and there's this sort of like, he's not unleashed fully mm. yet, although we've seen it in moments, yeah. you know, where, you know, he strikes down, um, was it Lor Santeca? Like at the yeah. beginning yeah. of, of force awakens. I mean, we've seen, you know, him breaking his helmet in the <laughs> elevator. Like we've seen the, the moments where he's sort of like, can't contain himself anymore. And, um, like he, he's stepping into that being evil, but, but I, I just, I would love to hear like measured, thoughtful responses to that. I don't hear mm. many though. Mm. I, I would agree with that. And I, as I went through this list of characters, I, I was conflicted because quite frankly, Jeremy, you touched on this as well. There's like, there's a lot to choose from that are super strong. I mean, even if you just look yeah. at the animated series of rebels, there's some really strong yeah. characters in there. And and part of that is because we get to see them over the course of four years develop. And I am convinced that any time that you can spend that much time and dedication and emotional investment into a character, you're going to grow to love or hate, depending on, on who the character right. is because of that. And with the films we've seen again, my goodness to, to narrow this down is, is really tough. I, I think that, I came down with a, a handful of of names, but instead of taking Fun Andy Bex's way <laughs> and completely not playing by the rules, um, I, I decided which character like moves me the most. Like if something were to happen to them, which character, whether it was that character's loss or whatever else, would would just absolutely make me throw my popcorn at the screen. And and I have to say it it, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. And, and that character is Ray. Mm-hmm. I, I think that um, if anything bad happens to her, I talk about menace, conflicted, and rage. Um, <laughs> I, I it's it's not going to be good. I that character needs for my own sanity. Selfishly, that character needs to remain. I guess un unaffected unimpacted from the dark side. Mm. I'd even be okay with the character's death if, if it's done in in a very Whoa. I'm using this I'm using this term in, in, in a very uh generic way, but if it was done in like a in a holy way where it was sacrificing for the greater mm. good. Mm. And I, I no, don't get me wrong, Bex, I, I don't want to see that, but mm. if it were done like if it takes Ray's death to redeem Ben, I might be okay with that. I might be okay with that. Hmm. I'm not okay. That's a fascinating story well, choice. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like that is really compelling. Like when you said that, I like kind of like sat up straight <laughs> in my chair and I'm like, 
whoa, that's a fascinating <laughs> idea. And and my goodness, I would I would be super curious if how people would respond to that. It would be like, get me my popcorn now. Let's watch people go yeah, crazy. Everybody just but, even go straight to Twitter comments. I know, but uh, yes, I, it's, it's, I, I, it's good. I well, I, I think that, that, that to me, that's compelling because it, in a different way, it mirrors what we saw Obi-Wan and Luke go through different scenario, different yeah. circumstances, different people. And I think Ray would be truly doing this out of an act of love, which mm. I think maybe you could make that argument for for Ben Kenobi in episode four, but I think it was more or less like he knew his time had come. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that if this were a selfless act of sacrifice on on Ray's behalf, um, I I think that would personally make me love that character even more if that was possible. And I I, I think that um, Disney coupled with, Daisy Ridley's portrayal of her are, are just second to none. I mean, I, I would say, Jeremy, yeah. is you can put Kylo Ren up to to people as a character in Adam Driver's performances. I, I would say the same with, with Daisy Ridley and, and the character of Rey. Oh, absolutely. And you know that oh, the, the Force Awakens, the, the dialogue-less opening... Mm-hmm. Where it just introduces her and her going through her, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, life on Jakku. I have found that as compelling as anything in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. And I thought that was one. It might be the greatest introduction to a Star mm, Wars character wow. is that 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 wow. stretch like that. That like was it 10 minutes? Yeah, I it's, mean, it's it's a good bit of screen lengthy. time. Now, here's yeah. my asterisk. Okay. Here's my asterisk. <laughs> if for some reason this Raylo thing happens. Then, then I've got to pick a different character. Um, if that happens, uh, I, I will have to go to a standby, Plan B, whatever it is, which I'll, I'll have to announce at the time. But I'm, I'm, let's hope it doesn't go there. Yeah, yeah, that would be a fa- we'll have to have that talk at some point. I sound like a parent talking to the yes. kid. We're gonna have to have a talk at some point. Um, we're gonna need to sit down and, and have a little chat about this. Um, I know, I know, some kids on the playground have been talking about Raylo, and I just, I want to make sure that. We can talk about it. You can tell me anything. Um, <laughs> non-parents listening to this are like, what? Um, it's okay. It's okay. You'll, you'll have your day. You'll have your day. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Tauntaun, stick around. We'll be back to wrap things up right after this. We're not done yet. Listeners, it's that time once again for Eve to give us the rundown on what's happening in the galaxy. Eve, take it away. Okay, so I'm starting with something a little bit different but way exciting this week. So our friends over at StarWarsVerse.com emailed asking us to pimp the current giveaway that's running over on their site. And what are they giving away, you're wondering by now? Well, the most awesome thing ever, a Force FX lightsaber. So you're definitely going to want to run, well, after you're done listening to this episode, run over to their website and enter, and you can find all of the details for the giveaway at starwarsverse.com forward slash Halloween dash lightsaber dash giveaway. And just a reminder, the contest ends on December 1st, so be sure to head over there right now. And once again, have to throw in with our partners over at OuterRimOriginals.com. Reminder, last week I talked about the new print by Matthew Hirons that is up on the website for sale currently. And again, it is Luke staring down the Gorilla Walkers on crate right before that epic battle with Kylo Ren. You definitely do not want to miss out. And remember, Christmas is right around the corner now, folks. So head on over to OuterRimOriginals.com. And again, there is a buy one, get one 50% off automatically applied when you order the limited edition prints. So definitely don't want to miss out on that, my friends. So again, OuterRimOriginals.com com for more information and to get buy-in <laughs> hey thanks eve and yeah listen the holidays are coming what a great opportunity get yourself a free lightsaber and keep it for yourself the ultimate <laughs> gift that keeps on giving I'm, you thought i was gonna tell you to give that away are you out of your minds 
No way. Keep it for yourself. You work hard. You earn that lightsaber. So, yeah, it, join that contest. Hopefully you get it. And if you do win, let us know. That would, that would be amazing. We would love to um, talk about that on air. Um, as always, listen, we are busy people. Meaning we meaning collectively, us human beings, we're busy. We get that. And my goodness, we cannot say thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule to sit down with us each and every week and, and talk Star Wars. And will you please consider just, you know, letting us know where you stand on some of this. It's so fun when we get emails or DMs on the Twitter or voicemails. It, just to hear where you guys are at with some of these closer <laughs> look topics, whether you love it, hate it, agree, disagree, it, it's all good. And we we absolutely love hearing from you. As always, too, thank you, thank you, thank you goes out to each and every one of our patrons who support us financially each and every month. We are so appreciative and so humbled by your financial sacrifices for unmistakably Star Wars that uh, we literally couldn't do without you. So thank you for reaching into your pockets. Talking about you fine folks, Brandon Boylan, Jim Capron, Derek DuVernay, Dave Hackerson, Michelle Grandin, Jeff Keltz, Neil Lowry, William Pollock, Mario Piper, Kyle Russell, Regina Sanders, Connie Shee, Aaron Sinner, Krista Smolinski, Franklin Taylor, Brad Tracy, Michael Ward, Amy Wishman, and our mystery patron that we have narrowed down to the island of Japan. We're, get, we're closing in on you. The island of Japan, I love C-3PO. Wow, that's getting easier. That's the part that scares me the most, Bex. <laughs> Thank you so much for being our patrons. And please, please, please stay tuned for a patron video that's going to be coming your way probably about the time that this episode drops. So I'll look forward to getting that video out to you patrons as well. If you want to be a patron, hey, easy enough. Head on over to unmistakablystarwars.com forward slash Patreon and it'll guide you through all you need to do. That's going to do it for this week's My Little Tauntauns. The circle is now complete. We'll see you next time in the digital docking bay. And until then, may the force be with you. Unmistakably Star Wars is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. This party's over.